0: This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Today's podcast is brought to you by, well, us, Two Guys in a River. Dave and I have just published a new book on fly fishing called The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists. The best place to find the book is on Amazon.com. Dave, what's the big idea of the book anyway?
1: Big idea is the subtitle Life is Short, Catch More Fish. The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists is a fun, quick read. It's an entire book of lists, just practical help to help you catch more fish. Lists include
0: Seven Basic Facts About Mayflies. The Seven Nagging Questions of Nymph Fishing. Three Tips When Fishing Streamers on Smaller Creeks.
1: Even the introduction to the book is a list. It's all lists. Practical, helpful, and there's a little bit of fun in the book as well.
0: That's right. In fact, we like to say that the book is uh, like a bag of potato chips. You reach in and grab a handful, and then another, and then another. I don't think you'll put the book down until you've consumed perhaps 4,000 calories. Dave, it's a lot like you eat potato chips.
1: I felt a little bit of judgment in that.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, but seriously, order the book from Amazon. It makes a great gift for fly fishers young and old. Recently, I met a fly fisher on the river who was mid-50s and retired. He lives to fly fish and ski with his wife. You know, it made me think, if money was not an issue, would I live to fly fish? Well today we want to explore the topic the limits of unlimited fly fishing. I mean are there limits? Some would say no, others would say yes. I mean how does fly fishing fit into one's life? We want to hold a conversation that raises issues and gets you thinking. And this is a more reflective piece. I mean we're not talking today about what fly patterns to use or or how to catch large fish. Well we'll get to that, but we're we're musing a little bit about life.
1: When you start going down this road it's so hard to talk about everybody because everybody is different good point and certainly you and i are so different but i think as we talk about this today um we probably share a similar viewpoint on this yeah we
0: do and i think we want to say that we're we're not trying to to say well everybody has to think like we do we're you know, we're trying to raise the questions as much as we are to give answers. I, mean, I think in a lot of podcasts, we're trying to give some answers, but maybe this is one where we're, we're raising some issues. We're, we're trying to think this through. I mean, this uh, this particular podcast, uh, I don't know exactly where it's going to go to you, Dave.
1: <laughs> I don't. And I did write that piece uh, on our site called The Four Retirement Myths. Uh, yeah. I think it was called The Four Fly Fishing Retirement Myths. Yeah. And one of those is that I will have more time when I retire. Yeah. And that may or may not be true. Right. But another Mm -hmm. myth may be that I will do unlimited fly fishing when I retire.
0: Huh. That's interesting.
1: And given health and all those things, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But I think everybody's different. Everybody sees the world differently. I think everybody's life has been different up to this point. Yeah. And whether you're in your 20s or whether you're in your 50s, or 60s or 70s, you may have had a job where you really couldn't get out and didn't have flexibility. Right. So retirement means something completely different to you yeah. than someone mm-hmm. like me who owns my own business. You know, I can take yeah. a Monday or Tuesday right. off and and, and work mm-hmm. things around my schedule. So let's go down into this topic and see what happens. Yeah,
0: maybe we can start with this. We kind of kind of flip it around and and ask. When does fly fishing become work? I mean, that that may not be the first question that comes to our minds when we think about the limits of unlimited fly fishing, but I, I think it might help to explore that side of it. Are there times when fly fishing becomes work?
1: As I think about guides, I think in my 20s, I probably would have thought, man, if I could just be a fly fishing guide out of Bozeman, Montana. Yeah, And I've had guides who were 22 years old and doing what would have been my dream, right? And, by the way, they were all terrific guides. Mm -hmm. But if if you've done any uh, work with a guide or taken a guided trip, you realize how hard they work.
0: Oh, yeah, they really do. to
1: me, in that instance, being a full-time guide... You can't, it's really not the same as saying full-time fly fishing because you're actually more like a server in a restaurant right, than you are right. anything else. Oh, you
0: are. You know, Dave, you and I have a really good friend in Bozeman who is, uh, who's owned a fly shop, who's been a, a fly fishing guide, and he is really good. And, and it's interesting because one of the things that he enjoys when we go out together with him is that he doesn't have to be a guide. He, he can just fish, and I see how much he loves to fish. And I think, man, it must have been some pretty tough days on on the river when, even if he had great clients, they're catching fish, uh, he couldn't fish because uh, they were paying him to
1: take his knots yeah. and retie the fly. I mean, exactly. just imagine if you were on that guided trip when you went down the Madison, the Upper Madison last week, mm-hmm. and uh, you were with a friend doing the float, but yeah. if you had two. People in that boat with a one guide, and yep. he's trying to tie on, you know, these egg patterns after you snap them off in the wind, and I mean that would have been that. I mean, after a day like that, to me, that's not enjoyable. That's just oh, plain hard work. Yeah,
0: that's true. And so,
1: even though we, I would say, man, okay, maybe in my retirement I'll do some part-time guiding. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That that seems like yeah. a lot of work.
0: Right, or I'll own a fly shop. I mean, well, let's face it. We we have another friend who uh owned a fly shop he was a fly fishing guide uh, guided some very famous people and he no longer fly fishes he's yeah kind of was... lost interest in fly fishing he's and he was one of the best he's just doing some some other things and he's very fulfilled and we're very happy for him uh it wasn't like he got you know upset or burned out or, but it's sort of like the he kind
1: of moved on
0: yeah he did he that's, that's a great way of putting it. he just moved on and
1: so was he the one who had been a firefighter earlier in life, I and think then retired? So. Yeah, and then, um, and then, you know, did all that, and then right. kind of went on to something else.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and just kind of moved on, but yeah. still lives in the area. Right. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. true. So I, I think fly fishing becomes work when it's a job <laughs> for starters. Yeah. When does it become a job, even if? Like you, you do. It's like what you have planned for the entire fall, and you're gonna get out. Mm -hmm. You know, thirty days in the fall. Well, thirty days is a lot in the fall. But let's just say you're gonna get out every Mm -hmm. other day in the fall. It sounds like a really wonderful thing, but on the other hand, it seems like a grind a little bit.
0: I know. Well, that kind of leads to another question. I think this is a big question: is fly fishing enough to be at the center of your life? you know, I have to say, Dave, as I, I hadn't thought about this before, but just in, in raising that question, I realized that some of the fly fishers I've known that enjoyed fly fishing the most and seemed to be the best at it also had other interests.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: You know, whether that was uh, something else in the outdoors like uh, elk hunting or, or in some cases it was just their work, I mean... Talk about that. How do you how do you think about that? What's a way that we could, uh, I don't know, maybe frame this this issue? I mean, is fly- I've come
1: up with this idea, and I don't know if it actually is fully true, but that fly fishing is not the sun in your life; it's the moon. Really, and the what? moon is huh. reflected light. What do you mean correct? by that? Meaning that. Okay, so I think this is maybe where it all breaks down. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but the idea that these other good things in your life, which give really good and true and direct meaning in your life, mm-hmm. such as work, work yeah. does that. You know, my work, I love my work. Um, certainly my faith drives my life, it's part of the animating okay. force of my life. My family is all part right. of that.
0: So you're saying that's more the sun? More that, of the sun, that's right? That's the primary right. source I of life. i put fly okay. fishing
1: as the sun in my life. Yeah with those things which provide you know kind of a larger layer of meaning uh-huh. then the moon becomes fly fishing which it's it becomes a yeah. great thing in my life when I I'm, yeah. I'm, I love it I'm passionate about it if I'm with a group of executives or with somebody asking yeah. me about who are you I'll always say and one of my great joys in life is fly fishing yeah. uh-huh. I just will always say that
0: well, I I like that because it's uh, well one thing we can talk about taking more trips to the moon <laughs> yeah talking about fly fishing but no
1: as I, a signal that we don't want to be able yeah, to know that, that's right yeah that's right that, that's our code language yeah, for exactly. let's fly
0: fish more but no i, I like that because I, I think it puts fly fishing in a proper place it, it doesn't minimize it i mean think how important the moon is and and uh, the, the role that that plays you know in in life in you know in the and the
1: tides.
0: Yeah. And yeah. all that stuff. Th- that's right? right. I mean But it is at the end of the day, it is reflected light. It's it's vital. It's important, but it's not the primary.
1: I like that. I think of my dad. He's eighty two years old and I swear he has more energy than than I do. And I'm in my mid fifties. And yeah. He, yeah, your dad's a great guy. He, he retired is full at, energy. he retired at sixty five, but then took on another organization part time. So hmm. he's out raising money, and he's out mm-hmm. having conferences and and we always make time to go fishing. Like Matt and I, my brother and yeah. I are going to go out in June and and spend a couple of days with him. And then we always go back in the fall and upland game. And so he's always hunting, but he's not always hunting. And Mm -hmm. so, in other words, he has this other thing in his life that kind of gives meaning, and then he hunts on the side. Now, he has some friends that will hunt. Let's say when goose—like, there was one guy that we hunt with. Well, he's probably 74, 75 years old now. Literally, once goose season starts, he goes out every day. Early season starts in early Hmm. September, and he's out every day until Mm -hmm. the late season, which is end of December. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know how he does it. He has a dog. Wow. He has a big truck. And he has a um, a big trailer with all his decoys. He has every piece of gear. And to me, it's like a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I find that when I go back and hunt upland game, pheasants and ducks and geese in the fall, after about day four,
0: mm-hmm. I'm
1: kind of exhausted.
0: Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know,
1: I've been up mm-hmm. early for four days in a row. I think I'm ready to yep. go back home.
0: Yep. Yep. We had that happen to us, didn't we, a couple of years ago? Remember one of the trips we took to Bozeman?
1: We had five days scheduled. Yeah, And mm-hmm. it was like one of the first times we had done like full five days. In other words, yeah, we were there a day before and then we left the next day. So we had five full days of fly yeah. fishing. Mm-hmm. And we had really a good week.
0: We did. And four full days. In fact, we hiked a lot, didn't we? We went into Tower one day. We hiked into Fan Creek one day. We fished. 16, sixteen mile, yeah, sixteen mile. And then the final day, or the fourth day, we thought, "Oh, this would be great. We just need a little break." We had a float plan, but uh, but the the guy that we fished with uh, took us on the you know, we're going to fish the upper Madison. But it was so warm that he said, "Let's do the stretch. It's right near Ennis. What is
1: that called?" I the, have no uh, idea. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and we had to row all the, across the lake to actually take out. Remember right,
0: that? Right. Yeah. But where we fished, you couldn't fish from the boat. You used the boat to get you from one nice run to another. So it was a lot of, man, it was a lot of uh, walking that day on boulders. And,
1: yeah, it was. Well, I
0: remember the day before, I was, after 16-mile, you know, hiking down in and back up a couple times. It's like, I was so tired. And, and then the, the next day, the float that turned out not to be a float.
1: Yeah, it turned to be wade fishing. Yeah. Is what it so, was. Yeah, so yeah, so what do
0: we do that fifth day? <laughs> you know,
1: we said, you know, we're leaving on so that was Thursday. So yeah. the, the last day was Friday. We said, you know, why don't we why don't we just like sleep in, chill out, go yeah. out for breakfast, maybe yeah. see a couple people out there. Right. And then Get a go out for dinner done. at yeah, the oasis. That's pretty, right. much yep. pretty much eating is pretty much all right. we did. Um, huh. and so by the end of the day, it, it was it was restorative. It was, yeah. And I and looking back go, I, I don't think, you know, I should have we really should have taken advantage of that day. We were spending mm-hmm. all this money. Yeah. And we should have just fly fished one more day. I yeah. think I kind of had my fill. So I think when you're asking these questions, then that says to me that I probably would not like a life in which I could fly fish every day.
0: I have to agree with you. Now, I I'll say this, and I, I think you'd agree with me. I, given where I'm at, in my current situation, I'm, I'm very happy with what I get to do. But yeah, I'd love to do more if I could squeeze Absolutely. another five days or ten days fly fishing a year. Oh yeah, I would do that. Uh, believe me, I haven't reached that saturation that, right, the yeah, saturation point. But you know, too much of a good thing takes away the satisfaction. So I got to tell you, Dave. Yesterday, I, I found out thankfully that. That Portillo's, are you familiar with Portillo's? Oh, man,
1: it's a big brand here in the Chicago area. Oh, it area. is.
0: So i got to tell you the story. Best
1: French fries in oh, the United States. It is,
0: and the best chocolate cake. It's to die for. By the way, the hilarious part is Dick Portillo and the restaurant, well, let me finish this. The restaurant celebrated its 54th anniversary yesterday and so their chocolate cake was on sale for 54 cents now i'll come back to that and make my point but i got to tell you this you know what i read a while ago about dick portillo i mean he's in his 70s now when he first started his it was a hot dog stand and, and that led to you know these restaurants around the chicago area now it's going to be franchised there, there could be a portillo's in your area i i certainly hope so well, wouldn't oh, that my. be? Wouldn't that be great to fly fish and then go to Portillos afterwards to eat? <sighs> oh man!
1: And their their hot dogs yeah. have this special taste to them. Yeah. The Chicago hot yeah. dogs and the French fries. I'm yeah, ser- they I, do. I've never tasted no. better French fries.
0: But here's the deal: when he first started out, he, he didn't know how to cook. He he would And I read this in an article in the, I think it was in the Tribune. He would go to uh, restaurants and he'd look behind the counter. He would sneak to the back. He wanted to see where they were ordering food, how they boiled their hot dogs. He couldn't even get that right. How they would steam the buns, because, you know, the the ones that he was serving were like rock hard or something. And some of the places would shoo him out. You know, guy, you can't be back here. And and now he's got this amazing restaurant. Anyway, the point I was desperately trying to make before I interrupted myself was. So I went yesterday, they had 54-cent pieces of chocolate cake to celebrate the 54th anniversary, and I mean, it was packed. And there was supposedly a limit of one. Well, I got the gal to sell me four because I wanted to take some home, and my grandsons almost ate it all before I could get a piece. But the, the thing is, I love that chocolate cake, but you know what? If I had that every day... I'd get tired of it. it yeah. I, I would get saturated. It wouldn't be good for me. It wouldn't. And I almost think it, it's, it's hard to maybe imagine having this problem, but I, I think there could be a, such a thing as too much fly fishing, where if, if that becomes maybe the, the center of your life, the, the sun in your life, and, and there's no other pieces that, that that's interacting with yeah it really wouldn't be the same
1: well i think the reason we're discussing this today is because of all the conversations we've had through the years like steve if you could move back to montana yeah. would you so that you could fly yeah. fish more mm-hmm. and dave you know you know if you were able to retire and work anywhere would you move back to bozeman yeah. montana and the, and the question, the answer always is first yes, and then upon reflection, you're like, eh, maybe not.
0: Yeah, I, and I was just back there, and I, I love it. It was a great experience, but wow, I have a good life here, and, and there's certain amenities and certain things, and, and even you know related to work and family that, boy, th- this is the center of the universe now for me here in the... The, the north suburbs of chicago never thought i would say that
1: yeah it's hard to hear steve <laughs> yeah, i know yeah well you're here too don't, i know don't, don't you want me to say that yeah, I know. i'm yeah. in the western suburbs it's so much better over yeah. there <laughs> oh man but no as
0: yeah I, in the same way if i could go back and live there oh yeah that would be great at one level great people great life there but you know on the other hand uh, fly fishing is not the only piece of my life And I guess from the, I saw this from the other side. I I saw people move in who moved in to fly fish, to hunt, or to ski. And part of it was they. some of them, they were so busy making a living, just struggling to make a living, they couldn't make it happen. Or some of the guys who moved in, I think of another, a second retired firefighter who moved there to fly fish. And it's the same thing he did, and it's kind of like he reached the saturation point, and 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 now he's uh he's just working on a on a ranch. He he's enjoying driving tractor and fixing fence. He Doesn't need the money, but he does that because, for whatever reason, that's more fulfilling to him now. Yeah, than helps fly him manage fishing. meaning in his yeah, life. Yeah, he's just moved on, and that's. And I don't know. I, I don't expect that I'll ever move on from fly fishing, but I think one of the reasons is because I don't think I'm going to let it become the, the sun in my life, to use your analogy, which I like. I think it's going to be, as long as it's that moon, you know, very vital, very important, but not not the most central thing in my life. I mean, yeah, like you, you know, my faith, uh, my, my family, the, the work that I have, uh, you know, I, I love that. And, and the fly fishing is a wonderful piece that's restorative and refreshing and and gives meaning to all the rest. But if I looked at that as the sole piece of meaning, I think I'd be like a lot of people who I saw move to Montana, and it just didn't, it just didn't work either. They couldn't pull it off, or the, or they could pull it off, and they found it wanting. This is not enough. Yeah, yeah it's just it, kind of empty. Yeah, right? absolutely. To so. me, that would
1: be tragic yep. if I ever found either upland game hunting or fly fishing empty. I mean, yeah, I mean that would make me so sad. Yeah, oh that's and, true. Um, and I just wonder if. You know, too much. There is such a thing as too much. I of think a, so. A good thing or a reflective. Yeah.
0: Thing. Well, hey, maybe one final thought, and I hope everyone listening is tracking with us. You know, we'll we'll get back to some of the how to and and those pieces. But hey, it's 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 good, and I think it's fun to have a conversation like this once every while, just to step back. Uh, maybe a final question, Dave. Something you said recently made me think of this. But how does gratitude? Uh, shape this whole issue you made a comment about gratitude that I thought wow that's uh that just nailed it
1: I don't know if I can remember what I said but you know I was thinking about my life thinking um and I would I personally right now wish I could have another five to seven days right yeah I do too um I'm not at capacity I'm not I'm not at that point where I'm sated in terms of my fly fishing no Uh, I've got two kids in college, I've got a a high school teenager and I've also got an eight year old, so and I've got a business that has me going twenty four seven. So I'm just not in that place where I can even do more at this point, both both time wise and and probably also financially. Yeah. There are Mm -hmm. just limits, right? You can only do so much. Yeah. But I do think this idea of gratitude of being thankful for the moments that I do get on the water. Yeah. And every time I go out, I'm just um I, I'm starting, not always, but I'm more appreciative. And I think it's helped me actually savor the day, yeah, enjoy mm-hmm. the day more, and not consume it. And I've talked about that yeah. before, mm-hmm. this idea of consuming more and more and more and more. And to me, that becomes empty. Oh, that's and so, true. And maybe it's a function of just getting a little bit older and seeing some of my friends now pass away. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're only in our mid-50s, but... Um, you know, you start to realize these days are just really gifts and they're really wonderful days. And, Mm -hmm. and instead of trying to wish for more, maybe it's like, how do I enjoy the days that I have Mm -hmm. more? And maybe that's just a function of second half of life. I don't know. I think it's uh, a
0: real key. Uh, our, Our level of enjoyment and satisfaction, I think is in direct proportion to our gratitude. You know when you're you're grateful for things you you tend to appreciate them more and and it really works against that sense of entitlement and and I think it it does it helps a lot with contentment. You know people who are content you show me a person who's content and I'll show you someone who's who's grateful for what they have and I think that's part of my adjustment even to this area is I I'm grateful for what I have here in the Chicago area. I'm, I'm grateful that I can go back to Montana, you know, usually for seven to, to ten days a year to fly fish. That's and actually a lot. It is. In fact, sometimes I feel like I do more in seven to ten days uh, than than I did a whole year when I lived there because you got the pressures of life and yeah. you know even last week like well I did it one day and then it's, I don't I didn't have to rush home to a you know, a board meeting or or to some you know to some kind of issue or, or pressure it's just hey it's just i'll get to do this again the next day so yeah that's a that's a great point i i guess maybe what we're saying maybe a final thought here i think what we're saying is fly fishing is not the sun in our life but it's the moon it's reflected light that we enjoy because Of the sun, which for us is our our faith, our family, our work. Uh, Yeah, fly fishing is a vital pursuit. We we absolutely love it. Our our friends know that we're fly fishers. But ironically, all of that is because it's secondary rather than at the very center.
1: Yeah. That... That probably captures it best. It's not at the center. yeah. And by the way, I'm certainly not judging those of you who would say that. No, and by any
0: stretch. And I know we have um, some guides who listen. they're good friends that, that my sense is they just absolutely, you know love what they're doing. They figured out a way to make their hobby. Uh, their their lights work. It's almost I,
1: like a jobby. Yeah. A cross between a job and a hobby. Yeah, exactly. But I think if you're a good guide, it's because you really understand service. Yeah. There's a sense mm-hmm. of humility that you have. You understand mm-hmm. how to yep. make a client... Um, have a really really yeah. great experience that's a
0: great point it's more than about fly fishing absolutely as a guide you're not fly fishing when you're out guiding the
1: great guides <laughs> yeah. create experiences yeah they do and um and we've had a lot of great yeah. guys through the years
0: so we're not trying to tell you how to think today we're, we're just trying to raise some questions that uh, maybe will help you maybe if, if, if we can encourage one thing it's being grateful for the opportunities that you have and yeah, wishing for more, working for more within reason, but uh, but uh, being thankful for what you're able to do. And, and uh, you'll, you'll appreciate that. You'll be content. You'll be able to savor those moments.
1: Yeah. I, I will say that uh, last year, I thought we had such a great year ending the year. We went mm-hmm. to Montana for four days. Uh, but as I looked over the year, I thought, you know, I really didn't get out. I probably yeah. got out 60 percent of the days that i wanted to get mm-hmm. out and yeah. um and yet when i think about the year i had two great moments that trip to the collegiate peaks in colorado yeah. and mm-hmm. then the gardner river trip in right. montana and that yeah those are the probably the two best fly fishing days stretch of yeah. days i've had in years wow so That's great. And i'm grateful for it
0: so. well we're going to get you out more this year dave get <laughs> me out too exactly <laughs> we got to
1: figure out colorado somehow yes yes we do all right
0: Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Uh, We had a lot of response to our piece on fly fishing crowded waters. Uh, Here are a couple of comments. Jim wrote, I used to spend more time frantically driving from spot to spot, bridge to bridge, up and down the river. Now I just recite the old line about 10% of the fishermen catch 90% of the fish and spend a little time smoking a cigar on the bank and seeing <laughs> what the other fishermen in the stream are doing. I like this. This year I've packed a small binoculars in my sling pack just to be sneaky. <laughs> So that, that's the way to handle it, isn't Absolute it? Learn it, you know, from it, watch. Crowded. It. Well, then, then watch others. You know what? Stock. Be My wife would love that. She loves to watch people. And you know, we go to a major league baseball game, and I'm intent on the game. And afterwards, she'll say, "Hey, did what did you did you see that couple across the aisle, Missy?" And she'll tell me their life story. Like, How did you find out about that? So anyway, yeah, that's. Uh, uh, that kind of makes sense with what Jim said. Uh, hey, then here's another one. A guy named Dave, <laughs> is actually my brother, commented on our post. On crowded streams, I also like to fish places that no one else thinks to fish, places that don't seem like they would hold a trout for whatever reason. That is, too shallow, too small, too close to the road. Uh, these places often get skipped over by fishermen, fisherwomen, for the more likely-looking spots.
1: Boy, for sure.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good piece of advice, and I think we've we've caught fish in places like that that you just assume well everybody has fished this, and no, maybe they haven't. Well, that's going to do it for today. Tell us what you think about the limits of unlimited fly fishing. Yeah, this was a little softer topic today, a little more philosophical, kind of thinking about your life. Uh, we'd love to have you comment. Go to twoguysintheriver.com and uh, comment on this podcast link. Is there such a thing as too much fly fishing? Uh, why or why not? And is the fly fishing... Uh, pursuit, the, the sun in your life, or is it more like the moon, uh, primary or is it secondary?
1: You can find Two Guys in a River pretty much everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher. And, of course, you can visit our website, com. Each week we publish a new episode and a new article, so be sure to go there to find out what is our latest episode and latest Blog post.
0: Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Matthewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys on a River. For the love of fly fishing.